Turn it up. From the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 basketball facility in Rockland, California, it's Coach's Rise time with Coach C. Collins. It is starting. Three, two, one. Coach's Rise time. Hey, how you doing? This is Coach C. Collins. Uh, to bring you Coach's Rise time where I talk a little bit of basketball, give you my perspective on a few rules. Hopefully it gives you some insight. Hopefully it helps you out. Once again, thank you for those who've been supporting. Thank you for those who've been definitely supporting me and Mark in the main show about that life. Uh, if you do take a few minutes and listen to my little take on different tidbits of the game, I do appreciate it. Uh, it you know, please, by all means, hit that follow button. Uh, one small click for you is a big help to me. And I'm just trying to grow this podcast to kind of keep helping those who, who are kind of lost in learning or even those who might be veterans to the game who might just want a little bit of different perspective and insight. Hopefully it helps you out. Um, I, I know I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. I was even in Oakland this past weekend for a really good event. Uh, shout out to you, Marshall, um, for inviting my, my uh, teams and the YBA program to the EYBL Oakland Soldiers debut tournament. Um, it was uh, an amazing atmosphere. My 17U went 2-1. and one. We almost beat the 17U EYBL Soldiers. Uh, we, we ended up losing by 9, but, it, it, you know, it really was a good game. Uh, shout out to Simply, Ballers Bridge, all those guys putting those highlights out. It really, uh, it, re- it just really was an electrifying uh, type atmosphere. Vegas Elite was there. Arsenal was there. Uh, Lake Show, I saw them there. Cali Elite. I mean, it was just, you could, you could, there were some pros for sure out there. There's a bunch of D1s, D2s, some pros. I got a lot of great college feedback, with ult- which ultimately is the win. You know what I mean? Of course, you want to come away at the championship, but the biggest thing is you want to make sure your guys get on that stage, perform at the time that they really need to when those eyes are looking at them. And, and my boys did, and I'm, I'm really, really proud of them. But for today's show, I wanted to talk about, because this was kind of an interesting thing that was brought up to me. Um, when I was watching some of the games in the Oakland Soldiers, EYBL team, they have three seven-footers. I couldn't even tell you their names, but I know they just seven feet. And you know, and, and even with my boys, you know, I got like some six eights and six nines and things like that. And it was very interesting because the one thing I don't think that's emphasized enough on is post defense and how to actually defend the post. Because because it's become such a guard heavy game, um, I think, you know, and this is kind of from the official side officials side of things. We, we, we've kind of taken a step back as far as narrowing down kind of how the post needs to be regulated because there are still kids who play with their back to the basket. There's still kids who are very dominant in the post. We understand in the NBA that might be a thing of the past, even D1 blue chip programs, you know, where they're going more with the five out systems and the bigs are more like uh, point forwards and, you know, directing traffic. I get that, but in high school and, and honestly sixth grade and below – Bigs are still king. You know what I mean? Like in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, typically the best players are the biggest, strongest, tallest kids because they, you know, they're the ones closest to the basket. They can overpower their competitors. So I think we've kind of lost how to, you know, deal with defending the post because what I was noticing, and this is just my observation, is guards uh, typically when they defend the post, they do a lot of illegal contact. And I don't think refs call it quick enough. I, I don't think they call it at all sometimes the way they should. Um, and and kind of the point of emphasis, I, I met a ref while I was there. Uh, she refs in the G League. 
um, Ted, oh, my boy, well, you all know Coach Ted. He's here. He's going to help me out. He'll remind me. <laughs> Thanks for the introduction, yeah, I got That's you, a bro. long way to I, say I, I mean, I'm here. Well, I mean, I didn't know when you wanted to jump in. Because you, know. you were talking the whole time. Well, I'm trying to let the audience know. what the, the uh, whole time. Uh, would you like to add anything? Nope. <laughs> 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 I hate you, bro. So what I'm trying So what, what I was trying to get to was, no, she was a really good ref. Um, what's her name again? Sheree. Sheree. I got to remember that. Sheree. Um, G League ref, really cool. Um, well, a lot of the officials were really good. I really want to point that out. They they officiated really well, um, and they were on point. Uh, I, th- I only thing I kind of wish I would have saw, but I know it costs extra money. I wish they would have had three-man crews for those top teams. Three-person. Three person. They're going to they're gonna, – man, they're going to – destroy you for that. okay three person. three person you're right you're right yeah. three person yep. three person yeah you're right we are in that <laughs> we are we are in that era yes you know i'm gonna say the the switzerland statement yes they're going to destroy you <laughs> <laughs> you say three man three man okay. crew yeah, yeah we can't say that three person right. crew three person i gotta i gotta be careful with my pronouns you're right uh three <laughs> <laughs> three person <laughs> three three person crew or or whatever you identify as right. we <laughs> we need to make sure uh no that that uh would have been nice to see because some of the kids were you know they're really big really strong really athletic it would have been really good to see um uh that style uh th- that officiating because it probably probably would have narrowed down some of the things that were going on but honestly they they did a great job but getting back to the point with the post um what was happening was a lot of the guards would put like their butt in the post players knees like the post guys are trying to post up, you know, as usual, especially for you basketball aficionados, you know what I'm talking about. But for those who don't, because there might be someone who's listening and has no clue what I'm talking about, um, in the key area, there's these two blocks. That's typically where post players post up. Um, that's when the, the tech, I guess the best way to say the technical turn is they're trying to an establish a position. When they get that position established, what the defense was doing was the guard, uh, the guards primarily we're putting their butt in these post players' knees. And the reason I asked Ted to be on the show with this one, because from an official's standpoint, I think that's just something I don't know if it has a point of emphasis. We we have so many points of emphasis and rule adjustments for wings and guards and freedom of movement, the cylinder, right? Like all that stuff, right, Ted? Yeah, cylinder is more for the men's side, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the RSBQ. I mean, I just it's it, it it seems to emphasize more on the guard movement, yep. right? Yep. And the post is basically like, okay, don't let them break their arm. Like you know, it's like okay, cool. Like, but but does that mean they just you know they just allowed to get the the hell beat out of them? So, you know, I I wanted to point that out. I, what what are your thoughts on that, Ted? Um. Okay. So. How do I start? So the the small there's a small area in the key. There's not a lot of space. So mm-hmm. we we automatically assume that because there's a small space that there's going to be physicality. People will be running into each other. Of course. Um, but when it comes to establishing your position on the floor, your space, you're allowed to hold your space. A lot of times what happens, especially on defense, when you're talking about that situation where his butt was in his knees, I'm assuming that's a fronting position, like he's fronting the post. He's either, yeah, trying to front or come in from the side to kind of, so, like, yeah, dislodge him, you know to, what I'm saying? To push but him yeah. towards the baseline or push yeah. him up. So, so, yeah, there's legal and illegal. If they're two 
players that are fighting for the position without moving each other out the way. So nobody has a clear advantage, then there's no foul to be called. Mm-hmm. When they're beginning to, when one player has a distinct advantage, right, by using their body and pushing them out the way, um, then that's where a foul or determination needs to happen, right? The judgment needs to happen. Is it legal or illegal by which that happened? So that's kind of a like that's kind of like the general answer. Right. When we watch, at least when I officiate, I look at who got there first and then as they're defending, what are they doing to defend? I'm watching not only the, the two people that are that are in my primary coverage area, but I'm also aware of where the ball is and watching how the defense is moving based on where the ball is because that can determine a lot too. I'm not going to call a foul if the post player or the offense is moving based on where the ball is too. So mm-hmm. I'm aware of where the ball is, but I'm not watching the ball because that's a that's a cardinal sin in officiating. So, right. um, so I, it's having that awareness. Um, fortunately, I've played and I'm a point guard, so I kind of, based on where the ball is, I kind of know – you know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't. I don't assume things are going to happen. I just kind of. I'm aware that if something does happen, and I think it does happen nine times out of ten, then I'm ready to to make make a determination. So long story short, I don't think I answered your question. But uh, <laughs> but basically, what I'm looking what I'm looking for is just illegal contact. So like right. if, if literally like if I'm defending you and you are in the post and I'm literally trying to move you out of your spot, I can't do that. Okay. I'm not allowed to do that. Now if you make contact with me. And then I move, and then you get contact again, and you move, and mm-hmm. then I get con- like that's we're battling, right? We're battling at yeah. that point, yeah. So there's no foul to be called, but like if I'm literally taking your knees out, there's there's clearly a safety issue there. Like I, I you know, the short players aren't ever going to be as tall as the taller players, and we're just going to be by people's knees and waists. <laughs> so like I'm looking at, it, I'm like, nah, that's not going to work. I'm gonna call that right, and I just, and that's just the point of emphasis of this time of this of this coach's rise time is, you know, I'm trying to give you guys, you coaches, especially tips. I'm trying to zero in kind of on you guys. You know, if you're seeing this happen to your big guys, you know, really try to point it out to a ref, you know, obviously try to do it in a respectful way. Don't, you know, typically try not to scream it or anything like that. I know I try, I'll really try on a dead ball say, Hey, can you please watch my post area? Like my guy's getting, you know, hammered down there or, you know, he's putting his butt in his knee and he can't move, you know, he literally can't walk. And, and that's where, so I I talked to one of another official and, you know, he, he actually disagreed. He was like, well, you can establish position and that's just battling for position. And I was like, well, no, that's to me, and Ted, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I just feel that it has to be a natural basketball movement, right? Just like they talk about with shooting. Remember when people used to just throw stuff up and yep. they'd be like that, and then they had to readjust the rule, say no, it has to be like an actual natural shooting motion. You can't just throw the ball at the rim and be like, oh, I was shooting. So I just feel like is that something maybe they talk to some officials or even just talking amongst yourselves, like you're trying to look for like natural basketball movements. Yeah, the official term is habitual shooting motion. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, that means that what I watch you. So if you have a funky shot, like then that's your habit, right? And so like I'm going to judge if it's a foul or not based on your habitual shooting motion. So a lot of times in that case where you're talking about the person shot faking and jumps into them, like that's not how they normally shoot. Right. So we're not going to call the type of foul that you're trying to um, that you're trying to get like mm-hmm. a three you know, a three-shot foul or whatever. Right, so right. You jump into somebody, normally, you can jump straight up and down. Is it, do they, and 
can that same logic apply for like let's say defending the post right like can can because if two if uh, we know what it looks like when two bigs are battling right. you just we have that natural knowledge if you got Shaquille O'Neal and Akeem Olajuwon going at each other. We know what that looks like. But then all of a sudden, Allen Iverson ends up on Shaq, and he starts putting his butt in Shaq's knee. Right. But he's like, I'm trying to defend. I'm trying to bet. I mean, to me, isn't there a fine line there? Yeah, I I definitely, I I look at if they're causing the offense to be affected by their balance, Mm -hmm. which is one of those RSBQ things. Yeah. So... There's obviously no speed in the post when when you're defending it. Right. Right. Um, There's no rhythm because you don't have the ball, Mm -hmm. but there is balance. And so if you are knocking the offense off balance by what you're doing as a defender, then that's a foul. Um, If you, as a defender, are taking away that rhythm and or quickness by your body movement, then, yeah, that's a foul. So that's what I try to judge everything on. Um, consistently, and no matter if, you know, the person's 300 pounds or if they're 150 pounds, it's the same, like, judgment for the most part. So I, I, I that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Now, I, all officials, we all say this very frequently. We say that's how we officiate it mm-hmm. based on the situations that we've been in, but obviously we haven't been in every situation. So, like, sometimes officials call things differently. Mm-hmm. I really wish... It's less, at least in America, that we didn't have so many governing bodies. So meaning like we have men's and women's are called differently mm-hmm. for college. Men's and women are called not differently, but there's different administrations of things for high school. Okay. And then the junior high stuff is pretty similar. But then even then, the quarters are different. The, like the times for the quarters are different. There's no shot clock before. So there's like all those different things. There's all these different governing bodies that are creating rules that I wish that we just honestly adopted either FIBA rules where everything's the same men or women Mm -hmm. where everything can be uniform and we know how to call what we call. There is no subjectiveness to it. Right. You know, so, but they haven't moved towards that. I don't know why personally. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I said this a long time ago. I wish we just all moved to the FIBA rules and it would just make life easier for everyone. Um, because we have to do that in the Olympics anyway. So, well, one thing, well, America's sometimes as great as we are, we're sometimes slow to catch up to yeah. the rest of the world. I mean, we still use pounds and, you know, yeah, uh, try to do the other one. You know, the overseas, they use kilograms and everything else, I you know, liters for gas and I'll, all that stuff. I'll so. die before I learn kilograms. <laughs> I, so we're just, and that, and that's, we're just, you know, we're in our own unique bubble, but that, that, I appreciate uh, that. And just for you coaches, so you have um, some frame of reference, like uh, from the actual rules, because I always do try to apply it to the actual rule book, not just firsthand knowledge. Um, I would definitely suggest, uh, and this is from the 2019-2020 NFHS handbook. Uh, keep in mind that that's typically the uh, the rules that AAU is under, as far as I know, unless somebody's making up their own rules as they go. But um, AAU is supposed to fall under the NFHS rules. The, the first one I want you guys to observe is Section 24, Article 5. Um, it talks about freedom of movement. That's typically what kind of – we're talking about me and Ted are talking about uh, and uh, how it works with balance and movement of the post. Um, it, it is not illegal to use hands on an opponent, which in any way 
inhibits the freedom of movement of the opponent or acts as an aid to a player in starting or stopping. So again, it's not, it's not legal to, you can't grab people basically is what that's saying. You can't grab, you can't hold them. You can't force them to not be able to move. We, we all kind of have that common knowledge, but of course there's always people who test the limits and bend the rules and whatnot. So again, I'm just trying to give you coaches something to reference to. Uh, the other thing I wanted to give you guys a look at is Section 7, which is contact, Article 3. It says, a player must not use his or her hands on an opponent in any way that inhibits the freedom of movement of the opponent or acts as an aid to a player in starting or stopping. Again, for the post, because it is this small area and there is going to be some level of contact, um, what I would definitely point to as a coach if you're trying to point it out to a ref or, any, or, you know, any official, you say, hey, um, look, like, my guy's trying to establish posts. He's beat the guy to the spot. He has position. This player keeps putting their these unnatural movements on my guy or girl, you know, uh, bump, bumping them in the knee, you know, hitting them. And then when they're trying to cross apart, cross the post, they're, you know, holding them, grabbing their – you, you know, you got to point these little things out because it is such a small space of movement. But what I would definitely – overemphasize and say there's no freedom of movement it's just not natural look at it look at that post defense that's not natural post defense there's my my player has no freedom of movement these are terms that I, I would believe most officials could respect and say okay this coach is really trying to point something out but he's using my language and dialogue and I mean Ted usually most officials can appreciate when you're using their dialogue correct yeah i would hope and in fact um what ends up happening a lot of times is when an, a play or a coach and or player honestly it'd be better if a player knew mm -hmm. as well um but they use it in a way where they have to take a deep breath first cause a lot of times players and coaches when they're in the moment they'll use the terminology but they want to you know they want to get off the steam more often than not so i'll take a second and listen to them but mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely better to to use terminology that you know, we are accustomed to because as officials, we are definitely uh, held to that standard, although we sometimes have to use um, terminology that that players and coaches know. Like we're supposed to say inline, mm -hmm. and the reality is most players don't even know what an inline is, know what a baseline is, <laughs> right. know what an inline is. So we'd say uh, ball in the inline, and they'll be like, what? we like, baseline. Baseline. <laughs> so <laughs> that helps people hey. out. Hey, there's uh, a dropping a bomb of knowledge. I, I like that. I, I, <laughs> you're dropping will, a bomb of knowledge. I will say this. When you're talking about freedom of movement, I, I pulled up the NFHS and the college rules differences mm -hmm. um, that they have in the college rule book. And by the way, 85% of the world has smartphones. Yes. I know pretty much 90-something percent has a smartphone in the United States of America. So coaches, you can totally pull up you know, the college rule book. Um, I don't know if FHS is free. I don't know if that is for download, but I know for a college, you can literally go to NCAA.org or just type in Google, you know, NCAA rulebook, and it'll come up, and it's for free for download if you put it on your phone. So that's one thing. There's another bomb of knowledge. I want people to hear this. They yeah. need these nuggets, bro. Yeah, so the the post play, that's one of the, the things that they talk about uh, in an NFHS. An extended arm bar is not allowed. Didn't say that you can't collapse the arm bar it just says an extended arm ball arm bar so if you are playing in the post and your forearm is collapsed to your stomach to guard that's not a foul if an official says you're using the arm bar if it's not extended coaches you could say well the forearm is not extended that's very good you're right 
because it literally says that in the rule book. Okay, so that's one. Two, for the NCAA, equal pressure on post play with or without the ball allowed with one forearm. That's on the men's side. So a men can use a forearm, mm-hmm. right? Didn't talk about extension or anything. It says you can use a forearm. Mm-hmm. With or without the ball, it's allowed. So you, so if you college players or college coaches are out there talking about he can't do that because his forearm extended. Well, you don't know what you're talking about because literally in the rule book it says <laughs> that you can. Okay, so that's that's why we do this show, bro. So yeah. hopefully somebody hears this and go, "Oh, I didn't know that." Thanks. Yeah, and then for women, a forearm or one hand is allowed on post player in control of the ball with their back to the basket. So if it's a turn and face, get the hands off. Mm-hmm. Back to the basket, you can hold it there. But obviously, when you start and they turn their face or they get ready to make a move to the basket, you start using their form still. Now you're talking about an airborne shooter. Mm-hmm. You have to have, you can't touch an airborne shooter. They are allowed to land. So just think about those things when you're teaching. And in fact, I do a drill with my 17s where we work on verticality. Mm-hmm. And actually, I don't know where I, I think I just made the drill up because I was like, I need better positioning on ball, uh, not even shot blocking, but altering. Yes. And so we worked on like, we did a handoff situation where they have to hand it off at the free throw line. They come around and then they go attack the basket. And so they have to guard. And then once they, once the, the offense goes straight up, we have to like beat them to the spot, get jumped to the sky. And I call a foul or not. And so if they call a foul, they have to do it again. Mm-hmm. And it actually worked on our defensive like positioning really, nice. really well because nice. they're just trying to beat people to the spot to jump straight up. Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, initially would foul until we do it enough. And then they just jump up. And you find a lot of times the offense is missing the shots nine times, really nine times out of ten. Because you're altering it. Because you're altering it. And it's like girls that are Mm 5'3", that are altering shots. But they're – and you're also working on athleticism, being able to control contact as they came into you. And so, like, you just don't see that on the women's side very much. So that's one thing I tried to pride myself on uh, with my teams is teaching them how to beat them to the spot versus swiping at the ball because you got beat. And so, like, just teaching them that type of stuff, doing drills like that in practice, it may take you only five minutes, but you do it, you know, you practice five times a week, you mm-hmm. do it 25 minutes a week. Now you can hold them accountable to it because you've done it a bunch of times. So, Well, that's really cool. And, Ted, you know, as always, I appreciate your insight on everything, brother. Yeah. He didn't, uh, in case you guys are wondering, because he's always bitching about those green M&Ms, I didn't. I don't see any here. Uh, I'm not getting, you know, see Starburst. M&Ms. What's wrong with Starburst? I don't even see green Starbursts. Starbursts are great. Stop hating. <laughs> no, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, we hope we hope this does help. Um, that's why I'm glad to have uh, um, a great friend of mine who is, in my opinion, a really good, a really high-level official and coach because um, I want you guys to get your different voices, different feedback. Uh, please keep listening. Uh, please keep supporting. I'll have my, you know, all the social media stuff will be in the links. The, my Patreon will be in the link. I'll probably have Ted's information in the links. Uh, please feel free to hit me up if you have any uh, suggestions, if you have anything you wanted me specifically to talk about, um, any aspect of the game. Ted, uh, definitely appreciate you. Got any words for, for the audience out there? Yeah, if people want to just give me money, I'm okay with that too. Because Chris got a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that as well. In fact, <laughs> if you just want to sponsor me, just in general, I just on a monthly basis send me like five bucks. I just need about a hundred people to do that. Oh, uh, five bucks a month <laughs> will get you a shout out. I will shout you out on Instagram 
Oh, what about Twitter, Twitter too? Another five bucks. Another so I need, five bucks. Eighty ten. I can see my Venmo, Cash App, I got PayPal, whatever you need. Oh my god, this is why I have him on the show, y'all. <laughs> it's um, it's always fun having him here. But no, thank you guys uh, for listening. I, I I really hope this does help because I just love the game and I love people and I love uh, them learning the game of basketball and the tricks of the trade. Uh, be safe out there. Stay safe from COVID. Uh, say I love you to your family members. That's always a good thing, especially in these uh, crazy times right now. And we are out.